blue wire. Touchdown pass, 5-4-0 in the 5-0-4. Jackson takes it himself, look at him dart back and forth. Oh, he broke his ankles, he is Houdini. Watson stays on his feet, throws on the run, touchdown. Watson, a magician. Mahomes winds it up, wide open as Hill. How quick was that? This week's episode is sponsored by BetOnline.ag. March has arrived and we are only weeks away from the big tournament. Yes, that tournament. Make sure to head to BetOnline and open an account today to get in on their 100,000 Bracket Madness contest starting March 15th. You don't need to be a hardcore fan to get in on the action and with multiple entries available, it's this season's best chance to cash in. Also, the NBA and XFL are still going strong, so whatever your passion is, Bet Online is the place to be for all your betting needs. Sign up for a free account and make sure to use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word, for your 50% sign up bonus. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome to another episode of the My Sports Update Football Podcast. I am your host, Ari Mayrov. We are back with another episode, and we have another guest this week on the podcast, Kyle Matson from NinersWire.com, and the co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast will join me with all these Tom Brady 49ers rumors, which I don't buy, going on. I said, let's go get Kyle to discuss that and everything else going on with the 49ers. We discussed plenty of topics, including their pending free agents, George Kittle, what they'll do with all their running backs, the draft, free agency, and much more. A really great discussion with Kyle. We also had two trades go down this week, and who knows, by the time this podcast publishes, there might be another one. But we'll break down those two trades as well. Here we go with the My Sports Update football podcast. So, two trades have gone down this week, and we'll start with the Jaguars trading A.J. Bouye to the Broncos for a fourth-round pick. For some reason, a lot of fans were surprised to see this, and I don't understand why. It was reported that Bouye was a potential cap casualty for Jacksonville, and they were able to get a fourth-round pick for him. He's only 28, but his play did slip a little bit last year. It appears they're pressing the reset button, and this might be the first of multiple trades for Jacksonville. Nick Foles, Calais Campbell, Andrew Noel. If teams come calling, the Jaguars would probably listen to offers for those guys. Now they have two first-round picks, their second-round pick, their third-round pick. They have two fourth-round picks this year. They also have two first-round picks next year. Tom Coughlin is gone. They might end up also tagging and then trading Yannick Ngakwe. So more moves to come there. As for Denver, we all know they were going to be in the cornerback market this year. Chris Harris is more than likely not back after this trade and he will move on in free agency. The Broncos actually had interest in Darius Slay 
interest in trading for Darius Slay, but nothing came out of that. But they were also prepared to go after Byron Jones in free agency, but he is going to get paid big time this offseason, and it sounds like that might be out of their range. So they trade a fourth round pick, they get AJ Bouye, he joins the secondary of Kareem Jackson, Justin Simmons, they hope to have Bryce Callahan back and healthy next year, and just like that, Denver's secondary has a big upgrade. John Elway is only getting started with moves this offseason. Now the other trade that happened, and this literally happened a few minutes before we started recording, the Chargers agreed to trade left tackle Russell Okun to the Carolina Panthers for five-time Pro Bowl guard Trey Turner. Now a lot of people have been questioning this trade, and rightfully so in a way, because the Panthers are trading away a five-time Pro Bowl guard who is just 26 years old for a aging left tackle who had a serious health concern last year. Now, we have to understand why Carolina did this, and there are two reasons for that. First of all, the Panthers drafted an offensive tackle last year in the second round. That is Greg Little. And adding Russell Okung into the mix as someone who could mentor him is part one in this. But more importantly, part two in this is that the Panthers hired Pat Meyer to be on their coaching staff this year. Now, who is Pat Meyer? Pat Meyer is Russell Okung's former offensive line coach when he was with the Chargers. And Pat Meyer is the one who has been pushing the Carolina Panthers to try to make a deal for Russell Okung and bring him to Carolina to protect the blind side for whoever the quarterback is going to be there. Now, a lot of people are asking, what is the plan in Carolina? And that is a really good question because honestly, I don't know what the plan is. They've moved on from Greg Olson. They've moved on from Dantari Poe. They're trying to get younger. And now they trade a five-time Pro Bowl guard who is just 26 years old. And I understand his play has not been as great as it once was, but he is still a viable option at that position. He's still a young player. And they trade him for a left tackle who is aging. And they trade, and they tr- and they trade for a left tackle in a year which which the draft has so many starting caliber offensive tackles available. That is what makes the trade a bit confusing. But as for the Chargers, they now have a guard in Trey Turner. You could plug him into the offensive line. You're picking sixth overall in the draft. You could pick one of those offensive tackles with that pick. You plug him right in, and just like that, you already have two key players inserted into your offensive line which has been atrocious for so many years we don't know exactly who their quarterback will be it might be Tyrod Taylor it might be somebody else but whatever it is they now have a guard in position to take over in 2020 and they might look to draft an offensive tackle with that sixth overall pick and just like that their offensive line is much better compared to what it was in previous years. So now let's move on to my discussion with Kyle Matson. We really touched base on everything 49ers. We start off by talking about all those Tom Brady rumors, and then we talk about everything else regarding the 49ers, the current roster, the pending free agents, the draft, and much more. So here it is, my discussion with Kyle Matson. Alrighty, joining me now on the My Sports Update football podcast, we have Kyle Matson from NinersWire.com of the USA Today Sports Media Group. He is also the co-host of the Candlestick Chronicles podcast. Kyle, how are you? I'm pretty good, buddy. How are you? 
I'm doing well. Thank you for joining me this week, Kyle. A lot to discuss with the 49ers this offseason. So let's get right into it. And I want to start with a topic that, in my mind, is a big waste of time. But we're going to set the record straight. As you've seen, there's a lot of rumors going on about the 49ers being players for Tom Brady this offseason. I don't believe it. It makes no sense. Even though Garoppolo's contract is tradable, I have not even tweeted about it because I really don't believe it. What do you think is the real story here? I'm right there with you. I'm actually writing a piece about it right now over at Niners Wire. There's nothing to there. there there's not reports of there being mutual interest. There's not, it's just speculation. Like here, are, here are the the list of facts we have. We have Tom Brady is from the San Francisco Bay Area and grew up rooting for the 49ers. Tom Brady is an unrestricted free agent. The 49ers could theoretically create the cap space to sign him and they could cut Jimmy Garoppolo for $4 million or trade him. But just because those are all facts, that doesn't mean, like, the dots all connect. So this started with somebody after the 49ers lost the Super Bowl looking at those dots and going, hey, those things all connect. This should be a thing that happens. And because it's fun to think about or fun to talk about, it's been a – quote-unquote rumor, because I don't have a better word for it, that's kind of stuck around. But to me, a rumor is like, hey, the Niners have some interest in getting ready to Jimmy Garoppolo or, or Tom Brady has, has real interest in signing at the 49ers, but we don't have that. What we have is Kyle Shanahan backing up Jimmy Garoppolo and saying he's our guy. We have John Lynch saying we're committed to Jimmy Garoppolo. We don't think he's hit his ceiling yet. You have a locker room full of guys, including George Kittle, who posted on Instagram uh, Wednesday morning, uh, let's run it back 10 with a picture of him and Garoppolo. The, the 49ers aren't moving on from a guy in his first year as a starter coming off an ACL injury who went 13-3 and and took him to the Super Bowl. The fact of the matter is if he completes one more throw to Emmanuel Sanders in Super Bowl 54, we're not even talking about this. But – uh, it, it is what it is. You know how, you know how social media works, and uh, I, I have a feeling that this is going to continue being a thing uh, as long as those facts I laid out earlier line up until uh, Tom Brady signs the work. Yeah, I'm right there with you as well. You said it all. George Kittle had the Instagram post this morning. Lynch and Shanahan backed him up at the combine. The whole locker room is behind him. And this whole narrative that Garoppolo wasn't good last year, it's just full of garbage. Put the Saints game on. The ending versus the Rams late in the season. I don't know how replacing him with a 43-year-old quarterback makes any sense. But as you said, until Tom Brady signs, we really might not hear the end of it. Let's move to another topic now since we have that settled. The 49ers have a number of players scheduled to be free agents this offseason, but there are three players that are most notable, and that is Eric Armstead, Emmanuel Sanders, and Jimmy Ward. Now, Armstead is the big one, a former first-round pick. He is a vital part of that defensive line. And there was actually a report from Josina Anderson of ESPN on Monday or Tuesday that the 49ers and Armstead are working on getting a deal done. 
Now, nothing has been reported since, so I'm not sure where that stands. Emmanuel Sanders, they traded for him during the season. He was tremendous for them. And then Jimmy Ward has always been an injury concern, but he stayed healthy for the most part during the season and the postseason, and he found a home at free safety. He was also tremendous back there. What do you think the 49ers do of those three guys? Yeah, the the Ward and Armstead thing is interesting. I was actually able to confirm that Armstead and his agents are are trying to work out a long term deal. They have until March twelfth to put a franchise tag on him. Uh, so we'll we'll kind of see how that plays out. Their cap situation is going to be a little bit tricky, but Armstead and Ward are in a little bit of the same situation where Armstead kind of battled injuries and uh, couldn't really couldn't really get going uh, on the field, and Ward was switching positions and battling injuries. But this year. Uh, they both found roles in this defense where they were both immensely successful and they both stayed healthy. Ward got his first start in week five on Monday night against the Browns, but he played close to 100% of the snaps the rest of the year. Uh, Eric Armstead was, was dominant as a defensive end and then kicking inside on passing downs. Like they, if, the, if the Niners can fit both of those guys under the cap, I think it's a move they absolutely have to make. The the lingering factor is extension for George Kittle and DeForest Buckner, who who both enter the final years of their deals in twenty twenty. So there's a lot of moving parts there. The 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 one that stands out to me though is Emmanuel Sanders. I'm just not sure how they figure out a way to fit him back into their receiving core. Uh unless he comes back, unless there's just no free agent market for him where he comes in and they can sign him on a one year three or four million dollar deal but i just don't see that happening he was so really productive last year even as a 32 year old uh there, there's a wide receiver needy team out there that'll give him a multi-year deal i think and i don't think the niners will be able to do that and they've invested a ton in the position over the last two drafts they've used two second round picks and a third round pick on wide receivers and they're going to want Debo samuel to develop and they're going to give dante pettis another year to to step his game up um after after a really disappointing second season uh, Jalen Hurd, who they drafted in the third round last year, had a fractured back and didn't play a snap this year. Uh, he's a guy I think that can can be a really effective kind of multifaceted weapon in the offense. Uh, Trent Taylor, a really reliable slot receiver, was out all year with a foot injury. They have a lot of guys at that position that I think they're going to want uh, to try and give opportunities to uh, rather than paying Emmanuel Sanders. So. I, I think Sanders is gone for sure. If they can work out a long-term deal with Armstead where uh, they can they can spread his cap hits out over over a, you know three or four years, and that way they can work out those Kittle and Buckner extensions as well, I, 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 I think that, that that's something they want to do. For me, the priority, though, has to be Jimmy Ward because safety play, really good safety play in this defense is hard to find. Ward is an excellent tackler. He takes great angles. He can play down in the box. He has great range up high. He can drop down in the falling coverage. Such a versatile player. Uh, there is that injury concern still, though, like you mentioned. Um, but Ward, to me, really has to be the priority. And and it's not being talked about a lot just because Armstead led the team in sacks and the defensive line was, was the spearhead of that defense. But Jimmy Ward in the back end had a very underrated uh, good season. I think he's a really vital part of that secondary. So uh, I think Ward is honestly the player they they want to work on uh, bringing back out of those three on on a on a longer term deal. 
Right, and one of the things that I really like about the 49ers is the way they handle their cap. Parag Marate does an excellent job with that, so we'll see what maneuvering they do to free up some space this offseason, and we'll see what ends up happening in those Armstead talks and if something actually comes to fruition. And the interesting thing about Emmanuel Sanders, we were talking about him, is that you have to keep in mind how deep this wide receiver draft class is, so will that have an effect on his market in free agency? And then, of course, Jimmy Ward, as you said, a very pivotal part of that defense for Robert Sala on the back end, so we'll see what ends up happening. Now, I want to move to the running back situation with this team because that is also very interesting to me. We all know about Jarek McKinnon. He has not played a single game since signing that big deal two off-seasons ago. Matt Breida will be a restricted free agent this off-season. There is Tevin Coleman, who they could cut, and his entire $4.8 million cap hit comes off the books. There's Raheem Mostert, who came through in a big way last year. He is going to be there next year. And then there's also Jeff Wilson on this roster. How do you think this all sorts out for the 2020 season? I'll start with McKinnon because I think there was a thought that they were just going to cut McKinnon. They can do so for, uh, to say, $4.5 million. And when you're going into an offseason with like $13 million in cap space on the projected cap, that's, that's valuable money. But it, it's important to remember they, they paid McKinnon a lot to come here in 2018. As a four-year, $30 million deal, there was $18 million total guaranteed. He was going to be like a focal point of their offense. He was going to do a lot as a, as a runner and as a receiver. I don't think the plan was to have three players who were going to run for 500 yards. I think McKinnon was going to kind of be the lead back just because of how versatile he was. And when he went down, you, you saw their offense really sputtered early on. So I wouldn't be surprised if they work out a restructure with McKinnon where his cap hit is much lower than the eight and a half million it's set to be. And I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a chance to really recover from that knee injury and try and be a player uh, that they thought he would be in the offense. Coleman's interesting because he had an up and down year. I, I do think that they part ways with him. He was, he was reliable for them for the most part, but he was really good to start the year. And then he just hit this lull through the last part of the season uh, leading up to the Vikings game, the divisional round. And he had a really good divisional playoff. And then he dislocated his shoulder against the Packers in the NFC title game. And, and he only got, I think it was five carries in the Super Bowl. So I think that his type of production is something that they can replace and they can save, you know, close to $5 million. Uh, by parting ways with him with no dead cap hit, which is really beneficial. Breed is the interesting one because he averages, I think, five yards a carry for his career. He's been really good when he when he's healthy. It's just he battles a lot of injuries. And then I, I forget the exact number, forgive me, but if he has like three fumbles, I think, in his last 17 carries this year. And that's not a great way to endear yourself to a team going into free agency. He didn't get a touch in the Super Bowl. Uh, despite the fact that he is a home run threat every time he touches the ball. So I I think if there's any team that gives Matt Breida any kind of substantial offer, I think the Niners will, will let him walk just because of all the success they've had with undrafted free agents and, you know, finding guys late in the draft uh, at running back. Shanahan and 
running backs, Coach Bobby Turner, have only drafted one running back with the 49ers. That was Joe Williams out of Utah. And that didn't go great, but uh, I, I think that they wind up letting Coleman go. If Breida gets a, an offer as a restricted free agent, I think they let him go. I think they restock that position uh, through the draft, and I think they give Jarek McKinnon another shot to be a productive player for them. That that's interesting. Has there been any update on Jerick McKinnon? Because I haven't heard anything since he was put on IR. He was uh, medically cleared by the training staff at the end of the season. He was at the Super Bowl. He did travel, and he's medically cleared for the offseason program, which is which is good news for San Francisco. It was not the case last year. They tried to get him back in training camp, and he he re-injured that knee. So I think. Getting the offseason off, I wouldn't be surprised if they let him rest in the offseason program or, or kept him uh, limited to, to try and really make sure he's 100% going into camp. But, yeah, he is he is medically cleared, and I think because of that, the Niners want to want to give him a shot. So, yeah, we'll see how that all pans out. It could be a situation where it's take it or leave it for him this offseason. Moving on to free agency, and ever since Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch arrived in San Francisco, they have always been aggressive in free agency, especially in the first wave of signings. I don't think that will be the case this year. We mentioned the cap before. But are there any potential free agents that are scheduled to hit the market that the 49ers could target or should target? Someone, I, I forget, it was somebody at ESPN wrote that Ronald Darby would, would be the kind of player the Niners would, would circle in free agency. And I, I think that's right. I think Ronald Darby or somebody like Haha Clinton Dix where – the veteran player, maybe not coming off their best season, might, that might uh, drop their value some, where there might be a small market for them, but they want to go play for a contender like San Francisco. And if the Niners do lose Jimmy Ward, uh, a player like HaHa Clinton Dix would, would be a nice fit back there, I think, uh, in that role. I don't think he's as good as Ward, but I think he could fill in nicely. Uh, and then a veteran corner like, like Darby or somebody who – who could provide depth, but also uh, step in and start if the Niners don't think they can rely on Akello Witherspoon or, or Emmanuel Mosley. as They they have to start preparing for life after Richard Sherman, so I think they do want to try and develop those guys as best as possible. But if they if they do go out and make, make a free agent signing, I, I think that's where it'll be in the back end of that secondary, trying to establish some depth there because uh, they, they don't have a ton of it. And and getting veteran, getting some veterans back there uh, in the secondary, I think, has to be a priority in a year where they don't have a ton of guys. Right, a hundred percent. And really, if they don't get anything going in free agency, obviously the next path would be in the draft. And looking at this Forty ers team, they pick number thirty-one, but there is. N- in my mind, there's no way in the world they're using that pick because they have no second, no. third, or fourth round pick after that. So there's a good chance they move back and accumulate some more picks. We obviously need to see what happens in free agency, but looking at this draft class right now, is there a position in this draft or any player in particular that you see and makes you go, he fits perfectly with this team? Man, the, the one that really stands out to me is Levitka Chanel, the wide receiver from Colorado. The first time I watched him, I, I, I thought, man, this guy kind of plays like Debo Samuel. And that's a, that's a pretty common pro comp for him. He's a little bit bigger than Debo, but 
Colorado used him in a lot of the ways that South Carolina used Debo Samuel, where get the ball in his hands uh, in all three areas of the passing game. You can run it with him, and you're going to have success. He's a he's just kind of a playmaker. He had core muscle surgery after the combine, and I, I think if his draft stock falls into kind of that early second round, it wouldn't be a shock to me to see the 49ers uh, try and maneuver around to to pick him up because I think he'd be a really nice addition to their offense. T.J. Henderson from Florida, uh, I think his I think he's too athletic to, to fall to wherever the Niners are going to wind up picking because I do agree with you. I, I don't foresee a scenario where they pick at 31 unless they're going to do something like the Titans did in the 2018 draft where they just had a four-player draft because they just kept moving up the board to target players they want. They can dip into their 2021 draft picks and maybe try and move up. But I, I, I really think that, that you hit it on the head. I don't think they pick at 31. I think they trade down and maybe try and find a value pick there with somebody like Chanel. I think they try and trade down to, to target somebody like Chanel. I think interior offensive line, I haven't done a lot of looking into the draft class yet, but I think interior offensive line has to be, has to be a position that, that they target relatively early. The the key is going to be how many picks can they accumulate between rounds one and five? Because if they can stack up a draft class where they can have several uh, several darts to throw at the board uh, while they try and restock some of the depth on their roster, that's that's going to be really key for me. Right, and as I mentioned before, this wide receiver class is so deep. And I could just see Kyle Shanahan watching film and his eyes lighting up from so much talent in this wide receiver group. So I could definitely see them targeting one in this draft. Now, going back to this current roster, the 49ers have two young superstars in George Kittle and DeForest Buckner. Both of them are eligible for extensions and both of them will want to break the bank and become the highest paid players at their position. How do you see this going and could you see them holding out if no extension comes to fruition? I don't think Kittle will hold out. Uh, He's somebody that I think would play football for free. Like I think he's that (laughs) kind of guy. Uh, I I think that he... he really enjoys being around that locker room, playing football. And if an extension doesn't happen this this off season, you know he has next off season. Um, the the interesting one is Buckner because he shares an agent with uh, Khalil Mack, who we saw hold out uh, on the Raiders instead of playing on his fifth year option. So that's that's going to be an intriguing one for me because there's a very real possibility with the Niners cap situation this year. I think they're going to prioritize Buckner because he is such a dominant player inside and finding dominant defensive tackle play is really, really difficult. But if they wind up trying to kind of kick that can down the road, it wouldn't shock me to see Buckner hold out. I I don't know if he would do so, you know, Le'Veon Bell style for a whole season or if he would come back at the end of camp or, or what the plan would be. But if they can't work something out with Buckner, he's the one I'm really worried about for the 49ers when it comes to a holdout. But again, when you, when you look at the culture and the locker room of this team and, and the character of both Kittle and Buckner, I, I have a hard time picturing them uh, not showing up to camp uh, over a contract dispute. Uh, on the other hand, 
when you have millions of dollars riding on the line and, and you're playing a game like football where your career could end on one hit, um, you know, it's, it's hard to blame a guy for, for holding out. Yeah, for sure. And Kittle apparently or reportedly is the one that they are prioritizing right now. We haven't really heard much on Buckner and he does have the same agent as Mac. It is Joel Siegel, but they really are in different situations because Mac, he had a new head coach in John Gruden. They were not talking to each other. It was getting ugly real fast. The 49ers, you can make the argument that they have one of the best cultures in the NFL, one of the best locker rooms in the NFL. Now, ultimately, the money talks, and if negotiations aren't going well, it would not be a surprise if he holds out. But if negotiations are going in the right directions, it really would be a surprise if he does hold out. Lastly, Kyle, I really appreciate you taking the time. We started this episode talking about Tom Brady. We'll end it with Tom Brady. He is the biggest storyline this offseason. What is your Tom Brady prediction? I, I, have a, I have such a hard time seeing him playing in any other uniform. I, I think he goes back to the Patriots. Um, I, I think the Pats have some, uh, have some other personnel decisions to work out before making that final. But I, I can't envision a scenario where, where Brady at age 43 packs up and finishes his career elsewhere. So um, I'm, I'm sticking with that. Interesting you say that because I had um, Michael Rothstein of ESPN on last week. He said the exact same thing. And I kind of agree with you guys. But um, based off all these things that are coming out, it just makes me have the sense that it might not happen. I feel like I'm not, just, I'm not ready for it. You know, I can't... You, yeah. For a guy who has been there for so long with the same helmet, it's hard to envision him in a different uniform. And it's, I mean, it's really hard to imagine it happening, but it really could happen. Um, so it's going to be a really, really wild offseason. I'm ready for it. I'm really excited for it. It's going to be absolutely crazy. I look forward to it. And I appreciate you taking the time today, Kyle. Thank you so much. Yeah, no doubt. Anytime, man. A big thank you to Kyle Matson for joining me on this week's episode. Some great stuff there on the 49ers. Make sure to check out his podcast, Candlestick Chronicles, for some great 49ers talk. That wraps up this week's My Sports Update football podcast. The offseason is starting to heat up. The CBA talks has really made things go slightly slower than usual, but it is going to start heating up and be in full swing real soon so make sure you have notifications on for the my sports update twitter page so you don't miss anything notable from the national football league i am your host ari marov i will be back with another episode next week until then so long have a great weekend